to oh, play. Because it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's different every time. Mm -hmm. Sounds like it's the same, but it's different oh. every time. Yeah. Yep, yep. Well, it looks like we're all here that's going to be here. We have a couple of people coming in in the back. Uh, I'd like to do a, a few announcements before we begin this morning. Uh, the activities that are on the bulletin in the back on the calendar, uh, keep in mind that uh, those things may happen, they may not. So contact the people responsible for that if you're part of anything and find out if they're gonna meet. Uh, Lynn Drew has already decided that the uh, choir and the bells will not practice. Uh, so that's a definite. Uh, a couple of announcements that uh, were in the bulletin. Uh, I think there's a, a defense class that uh, George mm -hmm. Smith is going to host and uh, give him a call and make sure he's gonna do it. And make sure he's going to have the class, because uh, who knows if he will or not. Also, there's a Mary Sunshine uh, position open. If you know anyone interested in being a teacher, uh, give Eldon Partridge a call. Uh, also, a garage sale that's coming up in May. Um, what do I need to do here, Brian? Move this? Maybe. There you go. There you go. There'll be a garage sale in May, May 1st and 2nd. And so if you have those treasures that we all have that you've used up now and you want to get rid of them, uh, think about donating to the garage sale. In May, they will probably uh, be putting out a plea for you to bring them to church. And that's <coughs> when they'll collect them. Uh, what I'd like to do now is introduce a couple of people. Uh, first of all, I'd like to introduce uh, Man Manuel Morales and his wife, Blanca. And they're going to come up and tell you about a Hispanic ministry this beginning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I am Pastor Eduardo Manuel Morales. Uh, and and it is a blessing to be with you this morning. Um, last year, December, the last year, uh, Pastor Perry and Pastor Bill Adams and I uh, had a meeting to discuss uh, how can reach more Hispanic for Christ in the Quad Cities. After praying, it was concluded to design a project to achieve this. I had called it this project Planting Hispanic Churches. We currently have a small group at Riverside United Methodist Church in Moline. We are 15, 18 every Sunday. Uh, next Sunday, March 22, uh, we begin with our first service in Spanish in Christ United Methodist Church, Silvis Campus. Amen. Uh, 2 o'clock p.m., if you know uh, Hispanic people, friends, uh, invite, invite to enjoy with us. I thank Pastor Joy Perry and the members of the church in Silvis for their love and help with this project. God bless you and give you your divine healing in this hour. In Christ's love, 
Thank you very much. My wife is Blanca. She studied English in Blaha College. But God bless you. <laughs> Amen. I love you, brothers. I love you. Thank you. Manuel has to uh, go to do a service. Uh, so he's going to leave us now with his wife, Blanca. Uh, and as he mentioned, uh, he will be doing the services at Silvis at 2 in the afternoon on Sundays. And that's starting next Sunday. Uh, so if you know people who want to be a part of Hispanic ministry, I encourage you to funnel them to Silvis at 2 in the afternoon on Sundays. Thank you. Uh, one other person I'd like to introduce before he gets into a sermon. Marty, you want to stand up? You don't have to come up. <laughs> this is Marty Ellison. And uh, Marty, uh, he's done many things. He's been a teacher for a long time. He taught at Carbon Cliff. He also is now teaching at UT. He's part of the Christian Athletes Program, uh, and he, he actually heads that up. Uh, he's also been in sales and had his own company at one time. So Marty has got a lot of experience, a lot of life experience. Uh, he was touched over 25 years ago on the shoulder several times to go into the ministry. And like uh, many people that are touched to go into the ministry, you're real hesitant. But uh, he's made a decision now that that's a direction he'd like to go. And he wants to pursue that. And he's met with the district superintendent and begun the process to do that. Uh, so we encourage him, and uh, it's really wonderful you're doing that. He's also been hired by us, Christ Church, to head up the youth ministry for three months. And he will uh, also do... Uh, let's see, youth ministry and ministry at the Carbon Cliff Church. Uh, that will begin, and he may talk about that a little bit about that later, uh, but we encourage him with that as well. And so we want to welcome you, Marty, and uh, Marty will be doing the message after the music. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot. She's got her hand going up. Steph Robbie. Uh, Steph's going to come up. Uh, today is an elbow day. If you notice that when you came in, everybody's elbowing. Uh, no handshakes. It's hard for me not to put my hand out. And I imagine everybody else. Uh, and hugging. I like to hug. And, uh, but that's something we have to refrain from these days. And Steph will talk a little more about that. Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. As the week has progressed, there's been lots of information out there regarding the coronavirus, or also called COVID-19. There's been good information, and there's some information out there that kind of sounds somewhat scary. The virus is thought to spread mainly from person to person, either being in close contact with one another 
or through respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. Symptoms include fever, cough, shortness of breath, kind of like a lot of other viruses that are out there. But the key for this virus is this shortness of breath, or what we would call in the medical field respiratory distress. I'm going to list a few things for you that I want you to be aware of as we take cautious measures as a church family and as we go about in our community, please. By doing the right things in the best way at the right time, we can hopefully slow the spread. First and foremost, wash your hands. Soap and water is the best for 20 seconds. Dry your hands well. If washing is, with soap and water is not available, use hand sanitizer. And while you're here at church, it's located in the pews. It's located outside. Hopefully someone had you sanitized before you came through the doors. If you use the gym, there's hand sanitizers there also. Please, please use. Number two, no hugs or handshakes, like John said. Here at church, this includes the greeters the ushers, during greeting time, elbow-to-elbow, toe-to-toe. If you're sick, please stay home. You can watch this online during third service, but not only home from church, home from school, home from work, home from shopping. The elderly are the most at risk, so if you're ill, please do not go out to put others at risk. Do not get close to anyone who's sick. And if you become ill, please call your doctor's office, your clinic, or the emergency room before you go. Our emergency rooms are just swamped right now. We want to not only protect you, but we need to think about protecting the workers that are there for us in case of an emergency. Our area hospitals also have virtual doctors, which means you can get online with a little camera that's usually on your laptop and a doctor can see you, you can see them, and can go through symptoms so they can do some diagnosing there. Number four, we're seeking to make sure that our church is cleaned and disinfected to keep us all safe. And number five, trust in our Lord, as the God has written for us. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He's given us a brain to be wise and do our precautions that we need to do. And we need to remember our God is a big God. Look for ways to help others that do become ill. Deliver food or medications to them. You can leave them at the door. You don't have to go in. But you can serve others and share God's love. To get your coronavirus information at a reliable site, Brian has put up or will put up about the CDC. You know, Facebook is great, but you know, there's, there's gonna be more reliable information out there. Pray for God's protection for each of us, our family, our church, those dealing with the sick every day, as well as our nation. Our president has declared today is National Day of Prayer, and at noon, he would like everyone to pray for each of us as Americans, for people and this virus. Would you join with me, please, right now for a prayer? Lord, thank you that you promised to deliver us from all our fears. Thank you for promising to never leave us or forsake us. 
We seek you above everything else and praise you for who you are. Continue to watch over each of us as your children, not only as a church family, but our nation and our world. Fill us with your peace, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. As your parish nurse, or also known at first service as Nurse Ratchet, <laughs> I love and care for each and every one of you, but I want you to be aware that we have already been told as parish nurses not to go to the hospital and visit people unless an extreme emergency. The assisted living facilities are being locked down so that people don't come in and expose anything to our elderly that are already sick with other many, you know, major medical problems. So if for some reason you get sent to the hospital, please know if I can't get there, if Roger can't get there, if Joy can't get there, you're still in our hearts and you're still in our prayers. And above all, God and we will all get through this together. Thank you. Today is different. We're doing things a little differently. Uh, we're not shaking hands. We're not hugging. And the offering is going to be the same way. Uh, the offering we're going to do a little differently today. Normally we come by with the plates for you to put your money in. Uh, today we're going to have the plates at the back of the sanctuary, at the back pews, uh, when you exit sanctuary. And so do your prayer request and your attendance slips and your offering in those plates. They'll be holding them. You won't have to touch the plate and just put it in there. Uh, so that's a little different than normal. Uh, would you join me in uh, prayer to open up worship? Our Father, please fill us with the Holy Spirit today. Uh, let us recognize this here that's around us, surrounding us. Uh, be with us as we have open minds and open hearts to hear what Marty has to say. Because what he's saying isn't his words, it's God's words. And so be open and listen. And maybe you'll hear something different than you've heard before. You've probably heard these scriptures over and over and over. Some. Some maybe for the first time. But be open to the fact that you'll learn something new, whether you've heard them a lot of times or just one time. Uh, so touch our hearts, Lord. And Lord, we're doing offering a little differently today, but we're still doing it for you. Uh, we want to make sure that you understand how much we appreciate what you've given us, how much we enjoy life because of that, and we enjoy worship because of that. You give us all that we have, and we need to give back to you what you deserve. In your name we pray. Let's all stand as we praise the God that's going to pull us together and get us through this. Hope 
But if we don't praise, the rocks will cry out. The rocks will cry out. And the oceans will roar. The mountains will bow. To the name of the Lord, He is our God. He will be praised. The idols will fall. The idols will fall. The strongholds will break. Every weapon that forms will shatter and fail. He is our God. He is our faith. Praise Praise is a highway to the throne of God. Praise is a highway to the heart of God. Praise is a highway to the move of God. Revival will come. The church will awake. His anthem will drown. All other refrains. He is our song. He forever reigns. Praise is the highway to the throne of God. Praise is the highway to the heart of God. Praise is the highway to the move of God. Lift up your head. Lift up your head. Sing by the gates. Break down the walls with a shout of praise. Lift up your voice, pull heaven down. Oh, sing like thunder, make his praises loud. Lift up your head, fling wide the gates. Break down the walls with a shout of praise. Lift up your voice, pull heaven down. Oh, sing like thunder, make his praises loud. Praise is the highway to the throne of God. Praise is the highway to the heart of God. Praise is the highway to the move of God. Praise is the highway. Praise is the highway to the throne of God. Praise is the highway to the heart of God. Praise is the highway to the move of God. To the move of God. Higher than the mountains that I 
taking the offering after the service. Um, the offering plates will be back so we're not passing the plate and all touching the plate. So um, we have a new song, Remind Me Who I Am by Jason Gray. And it's just one to remember who we are in Christ. It's so easy to have fear. It's so easy to have um, something that pulls us away from how God really sees us. But before I go on any farther, Karen is standing there waiting for me to be quiet. <laughs> go, go, Karen.
to do right now. So just a heads up, some of you maybe received an email, but March 29th will be our family worship Sunday. Okay? who we are. We make mistakes too. But anyway, um, that'll be a fun Sunday in two weeks. So you want to make sure that your kids are there and, and singing along and having a great time. <clears throat> Remind me who I am, the song. When I lose my way And I forget to forget my name Remind me who I am In the mirror all I see Is who I don't want to be Remind me who I am Help me explain yourself When I can't remember the graces Tell me once again who I am to you, who I am to you. Tell me, lest I forget who I am to you, that I belong to is like a storm and I'm running far from home remind me who I am when I can't receive your love afraid I've never be enough remind me who I am if I'm alive can you help me believe it Tell me once again who I am to you, who I am to you. Tell me lest I forget who I am to you, that I belong to you.
like to have a time of prayer right now, and this will be a time for you given a chance to lift up those concerns that you have in your life. So let's bow. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for drawing us to your house. Again, we thank you that uh, in this place we find a home. We find a place to learn about you, to hear your voice, to praise you, worship you. And Lord, uh, we want to take this time now just to bow before you. And thank you, Father, for all your love and all your mercies and all your grace given to each one of us every day. So as we join together as a body of Christ now, we want to lift up names of those who need your touch, who need your presence in their lives right now. We just lift those names up all over the congregation. Mrs. Bromer. Lord, thank you for hearing those spoken and and all those unspoken ones, Lord, that are just too dear to mention out loud. Lord, we thank you that you're a God that loves us so much that you care about us. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, you are our God. We love you, and we join together in the prayer that your son Jesus taught us to pray. Our Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. name. Thy Thy kingdom come. come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, Marty, you've been introduced. Marty's going to come and share what the Lord's been uh, speaking to him. And so let's give him a, a warm round of applause as he.
you people, you know what, it's great, it's awesome. Well, first of all, I want to welcome each and every one of you. You're a visitor here today, or you're watching us on Facebook Live. Thank you, by the way, Patrick, for doing that. I know my mom and my dad are in Arizona watching this. My mother-in-law, father-in-law are in Kiwani um, and uh, watching this as well, and whoever else is out there. But um, if you're a visitor here with us today, um, I want to welcome you. I want to welcome each and every one of you here today uh, to our church. Uh, before we get into scripture, I'd like us to just bow our heads in prayer, if you would, please. Heavenly Father, gracious God, we just give you thanks and praise on this day. We ask God on this day that you just continue to heal those who are sick, who are in need. And Lord, on this day, I just ask that uh, I get out of the way and let your words flow through me to the church and to your people. I know how much you love them, Lord. I know how much, how, how much compassion you have for them, and I just ask that you will be with, uh, be with us as we uh, worship here today. It's in your name. Amen. So before I start uh, into um, the scripture, most of you have heard the story. I apologize. You're going to have to hear it again, but you've got to know something. You should have got a guy standing here, and I said earlier, I'm not worthy to give a message today. I'm broken. I'm a sinner, just like anybody else. But the one thing I do have that we have in common is we all love Jesus Christ. Amen? And so, as I was preparing for over a week uh, for this message, it's kind of interesting. About two weeks ago, Pastor Roger says to me, he says, Marty, would you give the message on Sunday, uh, the 15th? And I said, yes, sure. 1035, right? He goes, yep. And I said, great, yeah, I can. He goes, 8 o'clock. I'm a morning person, yep, 9.15, yep, and then about two days before he left, he said, how about Saturday night, and I said, yep, okay, you know, so anyhow, when, when uh, our pastors ask us, it's hard to say no, but um, today, I just want to share a little bit about who I am, uh, most, like I said, most of you heard the story, but I want to share it with those of you who haven't, um, I did not grow up in the church, um, I did not... Uh, go to confirmation. I didn't get the chance to go to Sunday school. I didn't do all those things. I do know I was baptized as a baby. I do know that. Um, but about age 19, here's this lady, the girl, young, beautiful girl that comes into my life. And of course, she uh, grew up in the church and she went to confirmation and Sunday school. And here's what she did. Here's what she did. She reached out to me and she said, I want to invite you to church. <laughs> Now, you've got to understand something here. 19 years old, thinking, yeah, you know what? She might be my wife someday. All right? And that's what I was hoping. Almost 30 years in October, just to let you guys know. And uh, so I said, okay, I'll, I'll go. Because up, up, my upbringing was, I had a friend named Mark who invited me all the time. And I said, no, but hey, Mark, by the way, um, I'll meet you in the churchyard in front of my house. I had a, by the way, I had a church in front of me and behind me. Didn't go to either one of them. Okay? The only thing I did with those churches is I played football out there in the, in the big field. And that's where I said, I'll meet you there at noon. All the church people will be gone by then, and let's just uh, play some football. And so the neighborhood kids would get together, and, and uh, we played football. But back to, back to the story. So um, she says to me, you want to go to, I want you to go to church with me. And I said, I'll go with you, but I'm only going one time, and that's it. And I'm like... Okay, I just messed this up. I'm gonna, here I am agreeing to something that I'm not even comfortable with. Well, you have to understand something. 
with me, no matter what, still to this day, if I go sit somewhere, I've got, just like my sister Tracy, we gotta, we're fighting for this when she comes here too to worship when she's here with us today. We've got to sit on the end, okay? And I don't know what that is just for me to, get a, to be able to get out of there or what, but one of the things I did say to Carol is I said, listen, we've got to sit on the end, and we're going to sit all the way in the back, just like you guys back there high. Okay, good. Cool. So we're, we're sitting in the back of the church, and she's sitting next to me, and there's people in front of us, and unlike, unlike this church, there's people in front of us, they didn't speak to us, okay? She's sitting there, I'm looking outside the window, and I'm saying to myself, I could be out there playing golf. You've got to realize, I don't play golf, okay? I don't play golf. But I'm thinking, I could play golf, I could be doing all these things, it's a beautiful, sunshiny day, and I'm sitting there, and I'm listening to music, and I don't know what no- difference between the hymnal between a number and a hymn and number and all this stuff. I was so confused, and I, she had to hold the book for me. I'm watching all these other men hold the book for their wives, and she, here she's holding the book. I had no idea what I was doing, okay? So a little bit later in the service, I'm sitting down, and I'm looking outside the window again, thinking all the things I could do, and, and uh, there's a voice that came across that said, Welcome home. Welcome home wasn't them in front of us. She's got her hands flying all over. She's, you know, she's singing and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, it's not her. So a little bit later, pastor's talking, and he's, I hear it again, welcome home, twice. So I look at her. I said, did you say something to me? She says, no. People in front of us didn't say anything. So we get out of church, and I'm getting out. I'm you know, walking out, and she's like, you've got you to shake the hand of the pastor. So I'm like, okay, shake his hand. I said, Pastor, I have one question for you, and that's this. He shakes my hand, and I said, I heard twice where the Lord, I said, I heard twice where it said, welcome home. He shakes my hand, squeezes my hand, looks me dead in the eye, and he says, isn't God great? That was my first experience with Jesus Christ. And so we're walking outside the building, and I look at Carol, and, and I said, I know next Sunday there's church. Is there anything before that? Because now my curiosity is going here. I need to know more about this Jesus person. And so we went and did something on a Wednesday night at our church that we were at a long time ago. And, and ever since then, I'm on a journey to know who he is. I love God. I know he loves me with all the brokenness of my life, all the things that I've done, said, etc. He continues to love me just like he loves you. Just like he loves you. And... Uh, so 26 years ago, about that time, um, I, we were in Washington, Illinois at the time, and I said to her, I said, I think I'm being called into ministry. And so we take a trip to Wartburg Seminary up in Dubuque. Anyone's ever been there? It's a beautiful, Dubuque's a beautiful area. We go and we watch, we'll look through a class, tour the campus and everything, and, and uh, we get in the car. Now she's here, now I've got to kind of change it a little bit. But my wife loves to talk, okay? I mean, she does. She loves to talk. Just ask our kids, right? And 100 questions, anyhow. So we're driving home, and you could have dropped a pin, and there was, it was quiet. She looks at me, look at her, and I said, what are you thinking? And she said, I don't know this is, this is it. What do you think? And I looked back at her, and I said, no, this isn't it. The point to that, to that part of the story is, Christ Church, is it's in God's timing. It's God's timing of everything. 
And so we find that Jesus is creating miracles all over the place. And so as we start to unpack the scripture, and it's a lengthy scripture, so hang with me. I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to go back, and I'm going to break the scripture down, and I'm going to give you uh, the version of what I think is going on here. And uh, before I do that, I do want to pray again over the scripture. Lord, let the scripture uh, flow through me to the people, your people. Let your grace be abundantly clear that you're in love with us and you want a relationship for us. And you're sending us out to talk to people. You're sharing and, and challenging us. But we're never alone. In your name, amen. So we talk about uh, in Mark chapter 6, starting with verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and re- reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, he said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do we have? He asked, go and see. When they found out, they, he, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all these people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven to give thanks and broke the loaves. He then gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was five thousand. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get in the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida. While he, while he dismissed the crowd, after leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining the, the oars because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they landed to Gisart and anchored there. As, they, as soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, into the villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them 
touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. It's the gospel of St. Mark. So before I get into breakdown, there's a lot of scripture there. The first thing I want to do is go back a little bit in chapter 6 of Mark, starting with verse 7, where it says, Jesus went through teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He said, come on in, huddle up. We're going to have, we're going to, before he sends them out to ministry, come on in, we're going to huddle up here. Okay? And so he calls the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two, gave them authority over evil spirits. Here's what the instructions he gave them. Now, as I go through this, I struggle with this. He says this, he said, these were the instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money on your belts. Let me stop there for a second. I don't know about you, but when I, we travel, we have to make sure there's gas in the tank. We better make sure we have enough money, and we better make sure we have enough food. There's five of us in our family, and I'll tell you, you don't want anyone in the, in the vehicle to be what we call in our house hangry, okay? They're either tired or they're hungry, okay? So again, we're always making sure. But he instructs his disciples, don't take anything with you. Only thing you're going to do is wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if anyone will place, any, any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. He didn't say, hey, talk bad about them. Be a fake Christian to them. Act like you're fine on Sunday morning, but come Monday you're a different person. He didn't say anything but dust off your feet and leave. But here's what he did. He goes, so the disciples went out and preached that they should repent. Now we are asked every single day as Christians is to lay our, our sins at the foot of the cross. Each and every day. And as if you lay your sins at the foot of the cross, God will forgive you. God will forgive you. And so as we go into uh, verse 30, it's the apostles gathered around Jesus. So they, they went out. They're like, hey, we did ministry, Jesus. We've done everything you've asked us to do. We've done everything you've asked us to do. And by this time, Jesus is really creating some popularity. People are like, what is all the fuss? What is this Jesus? What, what's going on here? What's all this fuss? I need to know more about it. So people were coming in, in, in groves just to find out who he was. What He's seen evil spirits being drained, uh, taken out of people. They've had uh, uh, people healed. He was healing people. There was a lot going on. And so um, the disciples, they said so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. Now, here's what Jesus does. I call this leadership one-on-one, recognizing his people. He said this. He said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Come with me. Follow me. Let's go get some rest. And we call it R&R, rest and relaxation. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place, but many saw them leaving, recognized them, and ran on foot from the towns and got there ahead of them. Now, I envision, many of you, I don't know if you remember or know where Westlake is in Davenport before they drained all the water out, but you could literally be in the middle of the lake and look over. If someone was on a boat, you'd pretty much have a good idea where they were going. And so back in this time where Pastor put up the map and everything of basically Galilee in the area there, you could see um, across the lake. And so what I'm envisioning here is that. And here's the thing about Jesus, what's cool, 
is that these people were like, hey, we didn't get a chance to visit him. We didn't get a chance to be with him. We want more. Okay, so they go, and he's this large crowd is waiting for him. But instead of Jesus saying, hey, let's do this tomorrow. Let's pick this thing up tomorrow. No, here's what Jesus did. He had compassion on the people. He had compassion, just as he does you. And he says, they are like sheep without a shepherd. Here you have a flock of sheep, and there's no one to shepherd them. There's no one to lead them. This is where I go back and I think of our Reach One that we had that we're on a crusade to, to happen in our church. Is there's one person out there today that you can lead. You can be that, that shepherd. There's sheep out there that are calling and waiting for you to lead them to your relationship with Jesus Christ. It takes an invitation to do that. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. Now remember, the disciples had need, and they're tired. They've done ministry. They're doing all the things Jesus asked them to do. And they're in a remote place. There's no Whitey's ice cream. There's no McDonald's. There's no Pizza Hut. There's no, no food establishment. Remember, they're in a remote place. And it said, send the people away so they can go into the surrounding countryside, villages, and buy themselves something to eat. Well, here's what Jesus does. You give them something to eat. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was a disciple back then, I'm looking at all these people and going, you're asking us to feed all these people? Jesus, you've got to be crazy. You've got to be absolutely crazy, out of your mind. You're asking us to feed all these people. Do you realize how many people are standing here? How many people are sitting here today? You're asking us to feed them? So then they said, so then Jesus says, well, how many loaves do we have? Go and see. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass, and they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. So he divided them up, taking the five loaves, as he always did, as he uh, looked up to heaven, just like this, his hands were up like this, giving God thanks. Then he brings it down, he breaks the bread, and he hands it to his disciples, and he said, basically says, feed them, give the food to them, set that before your people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate, here's the thing, they all ate, five loaves, two fish, here's another miracle, they were all satisfied after they ate, they fed them, they all ate, there were, bro there were 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread and fish, the number of men who had eaten was 5,000, how awesome is that, so then finally, Jesus uh, makes his disciples get on a boat, go ahead of him, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on the mountainside and prayed. That's one thing that Jesus did every day that we know through Scripture is that he was always constantly in prayer. He was constantly in prayer. That's an invitation for us as Christ Church to be in prayer every day, to improve our prayer life. If I were to ask you, how's your prayer life? Some of you, your prayer life is off the chart. Some of you are like mine. It's right in the middle. It's, it can be a lot better, okay? And uh, he left there to, to pray. When he, the evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake. So here they are in the middle of the lake. It's kind of like this, when I said to the first two services, it's kind of like uh, you, as a parent. Okay? And you guys can relate to me if you're a parent. But you see your, your son or your daughter or your kids struggling a little bit with, right? I mean, when they're trying to do something and you just want to jump in there and you want to fix it and do it for them. But you know that the best thing is to let them struggle a little bit. Okay, let them go through this. It's called, it's called uh, seasons of life. Let them go through some of this, and, and then all of a sudden, you get to a point where, like, okay, I'm frustrated. I've got, I got to jump in there and help them. 
This is really what Jesus did with the disciples. They were straining the oars because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was going to pass them by. He was going to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. They didn't know it was Jesus coming at them. They see this, go, they, uh, this imagery, image that looks like a ghost coming at them, and they're terrified. What do I do? Think of those things now. Maybe it's not a ghost coming at you. What are the things in your life? You're terrified. We've got upcoming tests that are going on in, in my family, medical tests that are coming up, and different things like that. And we're not sure what's going to happen, but God does. God knows what's exactly going to happen. And so here's what he says, and this is something I want us to really hold on to today and really internalize this, these next words. Take courage. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Those times that you're struggling in life, those times that I'm struggling in life, those seasons of life where we just want to throw the towel down, we just say, I quit. I quit. I can't do this anymore. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. You know what? Here's where Jesus is coming back to these words, and he's saying, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And so when we have those things in life that are tearing us up and tearing us down, remember Take courage that Jesus is already ahead of you, planting and, and growing those seeds that are in front of you for, your glory, for His glory and using you to trust Him in faith. They climbed on the boat. He climbed in the boat with them, and the wind died down, and they were completely amazed. For they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Why didn't we trust Him the first time? Why did we have any disbelief who He was? And as soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. Again, I said earlier, his popularity is just going through the roof. I mean, he's, he's popular. And so what happened was people started bringing sick people to him and said, Hey, you know, heal, heal my child, heal, heal my, my loved one. And uh, wherever, they heard, wherever they were, whenever he went into a villages and towns or countryside, they placed the sick right in the marketplace. I've got to place them here. This Jesus is coming. We're anticipating being here. He's going to come and, and heal that person. They begged him to let them touch even the, clo- the edge of his cloak, and whoever touched him was healed. Now that kind of brings me to almost the finality of this uh, sermon today, and that's this. It takes me back to Matthew, where we basically hear Jesus saying to uh, his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So here's the question I have for you, Christ Church, is this. Are we going to take this reach one serious that Pastor Roger, Pastor Joy has put it before us and reach out and reach out to that person that, that's on your heart today? I've talked to some of you, and there's people that we're praying for right now to bring them to church. We're bring, we're at, there's prayers right now that are going on that there's people in your personal lives and my personal life that we know that Jesus is going to, to uh, touch their life in some manner. But are we going to be willing to take two steps forward and say, I'm in. I'm in for Jesus. I'm in to make this happen. This isn't just about growing the numbers of our church. This is about growing the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so today I am honored to uh, stand before you and give this message. I hope that there's something in here through God's word that touched your heart, convicted your heart, And as we walk out of this place here in a little bit, that we walk out with a sense of urgency 
and a sense of pride and a sense of that you are, you are saturated in the love of Jesus Christ. You know, I look around here and I see youth that are in this room. I see youth that were, young kids that were here. They need your prayers. They need your prayers. You know, maybe it's uh, one of the situations where Sunday night, we have anywhere between, I don't know, 18 and sometimes 30 kids that come here and, and play basketball. Some of them are here today. The reason for that is, is because there's people like Jeff Oppenheimer that said, hey, come on. Come on, I'll pick you up even and bring you. Okay? There's others of you that are doing ministry just as well, and we just got to continue to lift up and pray for our young people. And so, as we close out this talk today, again, I thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart to be able to give you this message today. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Father God, you put a fire in my heart, and I ask God that you continue to feed it each day. There are people sitting here today that are broken. There's people sitting here today that need to hear from you. And I ask that they just surrender everything. As we prepare for the remainder of this day, I ask that you put your hedge of protection around our church, that you be with Pastor Roger, Pastor Joy, as they have that deserved time that they need to be with their son. Lord, I ask that you be with them and save travels. I ask God that you continue to guide us as we look forward to learning more about you each and every day. It's in your name I pray all these things. Amen. Thank you. Well, to close this uh, message and <clears throat> time together, we're going to sing Mighty to Save. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Let's stand as we sing this and pray it to, uh, pray it to the Lord. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of the Savior, the hope of nations. He can move the mountains My God is mighty to save He is mighty to save Forever Author of salvation He rose and conquered the grave Jesus conquered the grave
today, I just want you to take a moment and I want you to look up to that cross. Just take a moment to look up to the cross and to know he did it for you. He died on the cross for you. He died so we could have life, eternal life. I ask you today, today that we look to heaven and that we reach out outside of our comfort zone today to find who is that one person that God's called and tugging on your heart. As you continue to look at the cross, as you leave today to know, that cross was bared for you. This was done for you and for me. We can't do anything without him. And I ask that you go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.